Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact, you can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. Wow! Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Welcome to a new episode of Big Squid. My name is Justin Hamilton and in today's episode, we don't have one guest, we have two guests. That's right, Alexi Toliopoulos and Ben Elwood join me to help recap episode four of HBO's great new series, Watchmen. It's a big episode, there's lots to discuss, including the new spin on Superman mythology that opens the latest episode. We talk about Adrian Veidt fishing for babies. That's not a metaphor, that is something that literally happened in the episode. We discuss how trauma and memories mould the people we are today and how that aspect of the show seems to keep reverberating through all of the characters. And we also discuss what the fuck is going on with Lube Man. Alexi has a uh, pretty interesting theory on that character and he has an interesting theory and it's all based on his lips. Hmm... Mm, there's a lot of lip talk in this uh, episode, so uh, have a listen for that. There's a new mum fact. Jeez, my mum is really into this series. She's got a lot of theories, like a lot of theories. Uh, and I will discuss them and her fact that she brings uh, to this episode. And uh, in my new segment, I spend too much time alone. I do a deep dive on horseshoes. That's right, horseshoes. You will literally hear my two friends, halfway through that little chat, sound like they are losing faith in me. But I get them back, and you'll know that I get them back because I pointed out to them when it actually happens. Uh, if you feel like you're not getting enough uh, Watchmen material, uh, over at my site, justinhamilton.com.au, uh, my latest blog is a piece about Laurie Blake and how the TV series seems to be reframing her storyline in the graphic novel. Uh, so if you would like to have a read of that, please head on over and check that out. And uh, finally... Uh, Oh, you know what? I'll tell you more uh, at the end about next week's episode. But uh, the guest that we have is uh, a dear old friend of mine uh, who is very much the podfather of the Australian podcast world. So I think you will uh, enjoy that. But uh, a tasty little hook 
for later, right at the end of the podcast. I'll uh, I'll have a brief chat with you then about that. Uh, in the meantime, uh, thank you very much for listening. And I guess we should just launch into this podcast by saying, how good is Hong Chow? Good as Hong Chow, yeah, man. Like when she immediately turns up, it is—it's a weird feeling. Like I know I'm being introduced to this character for the first time, <laughs> but at the same time, I almost feel like because she's been mentioned so mm. often as Lady True, I'm thinking you've been here the whole time. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. You, you're like she lurking you, in the background. Yeah, it's a really interesting uh, introduction to the character, and also. The way she performs, mm. it's just this sublime energy that mm. is slightly gentle, mysterious, menacing, mm. and she's got a sense of humour. Yeah, I think that sense of humour is like the strongest trait in this character, right? It right. just cuts mm-hmm. through to be able to use the humour to... Uh, like in that first scene, what a great introductory scene mm. for her to be playing off this married couple that are like, you don't think, you show what a lovely life this married couple have. Yeah. They're not in a desperate situation at all. And then she brings that desperation <laughs> onto them yeah. and then just plays with them through it. Like she yeah. creates the scenario for them to feel this like fucked up way. And then she just <laughs> plays with them yeah. and just makes it fun and kind of makes it like this imperative moment for them to sign this contract. Just what a, what a great introduction to a character. I, I would like to use her as an example on how to nail three minutes to open mic comedians. Because <laughs> she really... No she, fat, cut to the point. Hey, she packs a lot in and, uh, <laughs> and she nails it. But Also, uh, subdued malevolence is terrifying. Mm. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. It is a tr- it's truly more terrifying than any kind of, uh, you know, standover tactics. Yeah. Just the calm, you know, I've got this situation completely under control. Right. You know? And so friendly. Yeah. Like, not just cold. Like, you know, you see, like, that subdued malevolence, uh, kind of like Adrian in the comic book, mm, mm, is that mm, mm, cold version mm. of that. But to have this someone be, like, warm, yeah, yeah, funny, yeah, 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 yeah. playful. It's like, you know, when you're in a pub late at night and there's, it's a particular thing that a certain type of drunk uh, Australian male will do where they just want to be your mate, mate. Oh, I'm just yeah. trying to be your mate. And it's that aggressive friendship mm. that's mm. so much more terrifying than if you were just angry at me or if you were just telling me to go fuck myself yeah but like they're trying to pull you in for a hug and it's like nah man i'm not i'm not yeah, into this yeah. yeah it's uh it's much scarier well mm. uh let's uh, get into the recap before we do happy birthday ben Elwood. oh thank you very much happy birthday benny well yep. alexi and i got years young alexi and i got you an episode of watchmen <laughs> your birthday, so we uh, hope you enjoy that so uh we begin with a nice white farming couple, the Clarks, who make ends meet by selling their eggs on the side of the road. They appear to live a very content life, comfortable with each other in a way only people who have been in love for a long time can. As they turn in for the night, their doorbell rings. When they answer the door, they meet the enigmatic Lady True, obscured by the shadows with an American flag hanging just behind her. 
After asking if she may enter, she tells the clerks that for the next three minutes, they're the most important people in the world. She knows that they attempted to have a baby ten years ago, but were told that Mrs. Clark's eggs weren't viable. Lady True offers them a baby, made from the Clark's DNA, along with $5 million, and in return, Lady True will receive the family farm and the land. The clerks sign on the dotted line just before the egg timer runs out. Overhead, there's an explosion. We see an object fall from the sky, landing in the field. Lady True declares that whatever it is, it is mine. And it's uh, it's, it's an amazing opening because mm. it's uh, once again it's another inversion of the Superman mythology. Mm-hmm. It's mm. the you know it's not the Kents, it's the Clarks. Yeah. Ah, yes. And uh, you know a couple that ca- that are very nice. And just living their life very uh, plainly. On a beautiful farm. On a beautiful farm who can't have (laughs) children Mm -hmm. are suddenly tempted with a a child from elsewhere. But once again, it's inverted because it's also given a little bit of the Adrian Veidt you know, I did this, what, 35 minutes ago or whatever mm. the quote is. Yeah. It's, um, is it 35 or 45 minutes ago? It's 45, isn't it? In the comic? In when the comic. He, uh, I think it, I, I can't, I, I can't remember think, it was 15 minutes. On it. No, I think, it's, it's, I think it's 35 or 45. 14.8 minutes. Yeah. <laughs> oh, fucking nerd circle jerk. <laughs> 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 but, but what I love, <laughs> what I love is that she does the same thing yeah. where... She's not going to give them a child. She's already, it's already made here. a child. That's very presumptive, right? Mm. Well, as she said, but we're going to kill it. Or no, we're going <laughs> to give it to someone else. <laughs> yeah. and, then they, and then that child will never know its legacy. Because th- th- my first reaction internally when that happened was I would tell the person to get the fuck out mm. of here. Well, that's what Mrs. Clark away. did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. Like, how dare you? But as soon as you're presented with the child, biologically yours or not, yeah. like, I mean, it would be very, uh, yeah. It's well, it's that pressure cooker scenario that she creates. Why I think it's like such a cool introduction for the character because simultaneously you're like, I'm going to give you this child or I'm going to take it away if you don't give me what I want. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And like, uh, she says she's going to destroy it, but she's like, no, no, I'm going to give it to some a loving home. So she's created this whole scenario that they, that makes them desperate for it. But also it just puts them in this situation where now they can't say, no, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I think Especially it's fab. It's uh, what yeah. an opening scene. Yeah, 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 Especially yeah. when they, you know, the, the, the most insidious moment, and mm. that is, would you like to hold it? Yeah. And as soon as you <laughs> hold it, do you know what I mean? You're it's like, got your eyes, and then it's got your eyes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So and and then something falls from the sky. So it yeah. kind of once again in the Superman origin, mm. something falls from the sky and they find a baby. This one, they're given a baby. And then something falls mm. from the sky. I, uh, what? Oh. Now, I, I'm I, s- oh, sorry. No, go on. I'm slow because uh, I didn't pick this up when we were watching it. It was only a, as you were describing the scene. Now, mm. obviously, she knew that something was going to land in that field in three minutes' time. Yeah. Well, that's, that's why kind of what it felt the like. That's what I, that's what I thought uh, watching it the second time. Did you, yeah. Alexa? That's what I would have... That's what I gathered. As it, I think as soon as it landed, because she's got that time of, like, that egg clock, yeah. you know, the sand going through the hourglass, going like, yes, this is my countdown. I need yeah, it done yeah, by yeah. this. So that the way there's no dispute... Of who owns this property where this object is going to land. Yeah, right. this now that, that whatever it is, it's mine. Yeah, and I think... So she must have known that's exactly where it was going to land, right? Well, that's it, what it felt like. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which, which, which implies she has some kind of Manhattan-esque... Mm. Powers, or she is in the in the Intel satellites or some mm, shit, mm, something. Mm. But it's um, it's one of those things where I'm like, and it's a question that I guess will be answered a lot during this episode of the podcast. I'm like, when is this scene taking place? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, is this like you know? I'm thinking now is like 
well, she's got this giant um, structure in Oklahoma now. Is that where this is? Like, is this years before? No, because they say you're building that weird time. And, oh, and, okay. And she says, and they've been, she's been there for a year. Yeah. yeah. So it's been happening for a while, but it doesn't necessarily mean it's like it might be. What, maybe a couple of months before? Yeah. I, I think it's a couple of years because they show that time lapse of the field turning oh, into yeah. the street. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Like where this. Where, uh, so, was that, so, was that a. So I don't know I'm if there was a time lapse because I think this episode did. So, we're all over the place. No, now no, 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 no. But that's. So but, much to unpack. But that's really interesting because. That's how I read it. That's. I think that's how I read it the first time. Yeah. This time I'm like. I thought it was so just a transition. Match cut transitions to right. this where it's right. like. You know, we see the glow of the Adrian statue, and then the glow, the focal points of that glow also transition into the moon and the, mm-hmm. the reflection of the water that he's on. And then you come back from his thing where it's like now it's the moon. Right. Yeah, and it's right. like, now I'm like, I don't know if those are leading to things. Because the first time I saw the episode, I read that as a time lapse transition of like, yeah, yeah, this that's is exactly how I saw it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, the field has turned into the town. Which makes me then go, like, oh, the next, the other transition that stays in my head is like going from Adrian to the moon. I'm like, oh, is he on the freaking moon? All right. Now? Well, let's, let's <laughs> get There's a lot of monkey business with time in this episode. Yeah. Without a doubt. It seems like a very straightforward episode, yeah, no, but I don't think it is. jumping around quite a bit. Uh, we'll get to the moon uh, a little bit later. I've got some, uh, mm. some notes for that. Uh, I wanted to point out that um, the flag is prominent in the, in the background uh, when we see her in the shadows appearing for the first time. Now, uh, two things. One is she asks if she, if she can come in, which is very vampiric. <laughs> you know, mm. you have to be asked to be allowed into mm. her house. Uh, but also with, with the flag there... Superman's motto uh, is truth and justice, and uh, this might be reading too much into it, but it's sort of like truth and justice is almost a cover for America's real power, which is the power of capitalism, Mm. where we have something like a child, which is what you would say is the sanctity of life, Mm. and here it's a bargaining chip to get something else. And I found that to be uh, a really powerful uh, bit of imagery don't you think? Mm. Like, just th- th- this is this woman's superpower. Like, yeah. you know, she's like, it's in money. a way, she's like Bruce Wayne. Yeah, or Lex <laughs> Luthor. Or Lex Luthor, yeah. That's a What's great that, idea. The, 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 Lex Luthor gives the baby mm. to the Kents. Yeah. You know. it's it's Her power isn't just the money. Her power is knowing what a person wants. Yeah. You know, which I suppose comes with, you know, having the money, you know, having the intel to figure out, you know. Well, they and, went and to one of her... People. Uh, places, yeah. so she had all their information mm-hmm. as well, which uh, is definitely a sign of power, yep. too. So this opening scene is very much like the opening to Pixar's Up. <laughs> was it? This lovely couple that can't conceive a child, <laughs> yeah. just living their everyday yeah. beautiful life together. So, so <laughs> it was a little cloying, right? Yeah. Like it's like when the eggs rolled, mm. and he's like, oh, it's, oh. it's got that kind of like islands in the stream playing. Yeah, it's got yeah, islands yeah, in the yeah. stream. Very funny. It's it's funny in hindsight. Like it's funny in the moment. We're happy. Yeah, and it is. It's funny that he catches it and crushes it. They're doing a jigsaw puzzle together. Yeah. They floss together. Yeah, yeah. They're very happy, and then you find out that she can't conceive mm. and the crushed eggs suddenly take yeah. on oh, a whole yeah. new bit of imagery. Yeah. There's a lot of birth imagery, fertility imagery all the way through this episode. Yeah. Did you notice what the uh, puzzle was that they were putting together? No. Starry Night. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> I said fallopian tubes. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be amazing. <laughs> but it was Starry Night. It was Starry Night oh. by Van Gogh. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. Which might... And then uh, the star comes yeah, down. Yeah, 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 of course. Nice one. Um, we then... 
uh, I wonder what the the use of islands in the stream is. Mm. Does that refer to the uh, the weird ass lobster babies that he's picking <laughs> up? Anyway, <laughs> such a funny episode as well. Yeah. Like so, there's there's so much going on from like so many different emotions from mm. you know feeling fearful and then uh, y- you're confused and then it's just outright funny and mm. yeah. then. You know, you get to You're those left to dwell in capitalistic like ickiness. <laughs> it only went for 48 minutes. Yeah. It's like, <laughs> this had more ideas in one episode than uh, most shows have in two seasons. <laughs> um, so we cut to uh, Angela. She is uh, heading to her secret hideout, the bakery. Good name for a hideout. Uh, <laughs> where she begins to cut up Will's wheelchair. She accidentally burns the letter that had been with Will, the letter that asked to watch out for this boy on the back of the World, one, World War One German propaganda leaflet. Uh, and she, uh, she accidentally burns it when she receives a message from the Greenwood Cultural Centre about her background. Angela changes into a Sister Night persona and stages a break-in to justify her being in the centre late at night. She discovers that her paternal great-grandparents died in the Greenwood Massacre and that Will Reeves is indeed her grandfather. So uh, there's there's interesting stuff with um, Will taking on the last name of Reeves, which uh, fits mm. in with, uh, you know, the movie that sh- he was watching of Bass Reeves, who was yeah. the African-American um, uh, uh, sheriff mm. from back in the day. Uh, captured 3,000 people and uh, killed 14 people in self-defense. That's a little thing that I learned while doing some uh, <laughs> doing some research on that. Also, uh, Christopher Reeves, right? Yeah. Well, I and was George Reeves, the well, other Superman. Oh yeah, of course, so yeah. that's I where think we only think about Superman now. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. But I well, so it's funny <laughs> that you say that because um, so two things. One is uh, Adrian Veidt, uh, Lady True, and Will Reeves have all adopted the moniker of a historical figure. That means something important mm-hmm, to them as mm-hmm. individuals. You know, that's a that's an interesting thing to learn. But uh, r- so the Reeves, I, I wrote this down. Uh, the last name of George Reeves, the second man to play Superman on screen in the 1953 series Adventures of Superman. George Reeves was born in 1914 at the beginning of World War One and died under mysterious circumstances in the 50s, uh, as did so-called hooded justice mm. so there's there's some stuff going on there oh. and then also my mum was born in 1953 so i guess that means uh i'm a superhero that's <laughs> what i did from all of this i gotta uh, be honest if, 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 uh, <laughs> if we have if we have to have uh, writers writing my life i'm unwrapped that it's the watch <laughs> if i'm going to be fictional i want to be written well what so. isn't george reeves the one that threw himself out a window because he thought so he could fly like superman no it was well, well uh, it was sadder than that like he couldn't oh. get any more work there's um <laughs> yeah ben affleck plays him in the well, movie well no it is yeah. a bit it's sadder, a lot sadder than, than some crazy yeah. guy throwing himself out of a window because he thought he could fly that is yeah, sad well, right no it is sad it's sad it but it's a little bit funny is it that version oh i'm <laughs> darkly i've got ducks as a humor bitch <laughs> yeah you are dark. <laughs> uh, but you, george reeves uh is For played someone... by ben affleck in the movie hollywood, hollywood land, land. Right. which is like a detective story but really he died by throwing himself out of a window is that how it i don't remember that's what I was always under the impression, but now yeah. I'm now. I'm My, maybe it's one of those stories so. that's too delicious to be true, like yeah. how the guy that wrote um, "Don't worry, be happy" killed himself. Oh, but Bobby McFerrin yeah, didn't actually mm. happen. Yeah, how Bobby delicious! <laughs> that's, you know what I mean? That's yeah. just like a real. That, the imagine, sweet irony of life. <laughs> <laughs> imagine 
imagine being Bobby McFerrin and hearing that? Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I thought you were dead. What? <laughs> what? <laughs> Who did that happen to with uh, Richard Wilkins? Uh, he reported that Jeff Goldblum Jeff was Goldblum. dead. Jeff <laughs> Goldblum. <laughs> really? Yeah. yeah. Jeff Goldblum was fine. It was like the day that Michael Jackson or someone died as well. So it was like, yeah, and also coming in, Jeff Goldblum's dead. Oh, well. Yeah. That's what, it, that's what he was eulogised <laughs> yeah. as. Because he went on like some fake news website. Yeah. Richard Wilkins hasn't opened his eyes in 20 years. No wonder he misread that. Um, so Angela hears a noise outside. She walks out to find Laurie laughing in front of Angela's car, the car that was dropped as the punchline to last week's episode. When Laurie leaves, Angela checks the glove compartment to find Will's tablets are still there. That night, Angela sleeps in one of her daughter's beds and talks to Topher about their experience at the funeral. The next morning, Angela's husband, Cal, tells the children that Judd Crawford didn't die and go to heaven because heaven doesn't exist. Yep. Angela, visits, by the way, that's, that's what my mum did. Great, great, you know? good. And... Uh, not only did she teach me uh, how to be an atheist from a young age, she also uh, inadvertently taught me the delicious words existential dread. Um, <laughs> nice one, Andrea. Oh, by the way, Mum is really into this. We'll get to this a little yeah. bit later. But she called me afterwards and she has got some crazy falutin ideas about what's going on. And it's great. It's great having a mum who's saying... Time travel has to be involved. And I'm like going, my mum is talking to me about time travel. <laughs> this Very is great. Cool, man. She's right into it. Right yeah. into it. Uh, also, I, I don't think I've ever seen such a, a such a whatever portrayal of atheism in a, in a family in American TV before. Oh yeah, right. Like this, right? Yeah. Well, but, I mean, that's a great way to describe it to kids. You know, you mm. went, we went, you go to the same place you were before you were born. It's uh, but it is baby's first existential dread, isn't it? Mm. <laughs> oh yeah, without a doubt. Well, you know, that's why you quickly uh, dish up the pancakes. Yeah, <laughs> it reminded well, me of that scene. Not, not so much baby's first existential dread. I probably say that's like a goldfish or a Labrador dying. She <laughs> saw a father figure get shot in the head. Oh, that's <laughs> oh, right. yeah. 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 Well, not her father figure. She saw a guy get shot in the head at, his, yeah. at her father figure's funeral, yeah. and, and then, then he's blown up, destroyed yeah. by her mother. Nonetheless, <laughs> yeah. it reminded me of that scene in uh, where the Wild Things Are, the Spike Jones movie, where yep. they're describing how the sun's going to blow up one day and mm. swallow the earth, and oh, the kids yeah. freaking out, and yeah. the teacher's like, oh, it's fine. <laughs> we'll all be dead for like a billion years before that happens. I'll you know, so much better. You know, that's, uh, <laughs> have, you, have you watched that again recently? No, I'm dying to. Does so, you up? know, I'd like to see it again as well, because I remember seeing it at the cinema, uh, I really loved it, mm. and I've never seen it again. I've got it. I can come over It'll and we can do a screening. Yeah, I'd be up have for that. Have a bit that. of a weep. I'm, uh, I'm curious. Yeah. Like, it's so funny that if I love a movie, I usually mm. try to see it as often as I can. Mm. And then it was just like, oh, that was great. Yeah. Never. It was it heavy, again. man. Maybe yeah. that was it. Um, so Angela visits Wade, the costume policeman, Looking Glass, in his bunker where he's developing photos of the baby squid that rained down and died within seconds. Angela hands Wade the KKK costume she found at Crawford's, asking him if he can keep it. Uh, away from the prying eyes of Laurie. She also hands over Will's tablets and asks Wade if he can find out what they're made of through an ex-girlfriend. Uh, I'm under the impression, I'm not too sure if I'm com uh, correct about this, but I think next week is all about, the episode's all about Wade, and mm, I'm right. I can't wait. Great. He's yep. been awesome. Yeah, he's my favourite character of the whole thing. Yeah, he's really interesting. He's... Uh, he feels a little bit removed from everyone. Well, he's quite literally, mm. yeah. you know, his secret cave is a bunker yeah. that is ready for whatever is coming In someone's down. backyard, it looks yeah. like. Yeah, is yeah, yeah. So, so I was trying to, is that his backyard and then he's just got the bunker out the back or does I he guess. live in the bunker? Yeah. I mean, it's he's such an interesting character because it's just like, 
it is taking that Rorschach energy from the original graphic novel, yeah. repurposing it, finding a new a new outlet for it. And it's just, I love that the way we're being kind of drip-fed information mm. about this character like this. We're like, oh, this guy has had a girlfriend. Yeah. yeah, yeah <laughs> who's yeah, got yeah, a job. Yeah. Like, yeah. you know. Yeah, and yeah, just yeah. finding out that little bits of information. So I'll be very curious next week to find out just like what the full portrait of this yeah. character is. There's also a bit of poetry to him as well. Mm. Like he was talking about the baby squid's dying after 30 seconds yeah. and he obviously believes the giant squid story because he says it's they're coming from another dimension yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Do, you guys, do you guys know because i've heard an interview with tim blake nelson where he oh kind right. of intimates what oh really more about this character's story oh yeah i don't know if i should say anything but i know something about him that uh, is there like a further down the line plot detail or is it's it like probably something that'll detail? be revealed in the next episode oh, but it's okay. a character it's a character beat about him that explains something uh, maybe i'll tell you off mic yeah. so that we don't uh, spoil it for the listener. maybe tell alexi off mic okay yeah, sure. yeah maybe i'll, I'll to it. maybe i'll hold on yeah <laughs> it, uh, i, I like, i'm, I'm kind of disappointed that i know but oh. it's very okay. it's very intriguing okay, all right okay. well then i definitely don't want to know if you're a little bit disappointed right. if you were a little bit nonplussed by it i'd be like oh yeah tell me but if you're pretty, a little it's bit pretty juicy, oh, it's nah. it's I want I want a whole week thinking about this <laughs> before I, I need get I, I need this. I do I do need this. You don't know how close to the edge I am. <laughs> you know I always say uh, this always upsets lots of my friends, but every time I hear like there's like this coming out or a new Nolan mm. movie coming out, I always tell people. Well, you've got me for another 18 months. It's, it's, <laughs> Nolan movies coming out then. Everyone goes. Everyone says to me, "Don't talk like that," and I'm like. Yeah, but it's... It's a positive. Can't it's a positive. Yeah. I'm, I'm sticking around. At least for this Gosh. long. i got 18 months. <laughs> Man, Scorsese, Pacino, De Niro just made probably their final movie together. Yeah. It's so long, folks, for me. Yeah, yeah. I'm out. out. I'm out. That was my, <laughs> la- that was my last one. <laughs> He's done. I've uh, been waiting for Alan Moore's um, S- Moon and Serpent Bumper Book of Magic <laughs> oh, for the last yeah. 15 fucking years. <laughs> yeah, when yeah. that gets published and I've digested it, yeah. I'm ready to check out. Smell you later. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um... Jeez, this is turning into a dark podcast, isn't it? I'm really enjoying it. <laughs> oh, smell yeah. you later. Yeah. <laughs> Three sick fuckers oh, I've been, I've been <laughs> hanging out <laughs> on the tequilas. Yeah, this is what's going to happen. <laughs> I've been, uh, I was, uh, I was, uh, I rewatched Stand By Me on the weekend. And I've suddenly, so, isn't that a great film? It's still a great film, and I'm getting all that, you know, that jargon, that Stephen King mm, yeah, jargon. Yeah, 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 yeah. Smell you later. Uh, oh, I don't did even the, know. Did, the, did you guys see, Stand, not to digress too much, but did yeah. you see Stand By Me when you were kids? Yeah. Did yeah. that leech scene fuck you up as much as it fucked me up? Uh, I don't know if it fucked me up, but I definitely did not enjoy it. Ooh. If that makes sense. Like, yes. dick. Uh, I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> it changed me for the better. Yeah. <laughs> Classic Tolia Polis. <laughs> Um, <laughs> Angela returns to her sister Knight persona and dumps the remains of the wheelchair. Unbeknownst to her, she is being observed by someone in full costume. Sister Knight chases after the person, but he sprays himself in a liquid and then slides down a drain <laughs> before they can be caught. Spray now I have to. Lube. Now, man, like Lube Hamo man, and I both turned to watch Ben as this scene was going so on. So good to just see how to see your reaction to the most absurd thing. In <laughs> but the this. most upsetting thing about it was his visible lips. Yeah, right. his lips coming through that like the, the little fishy really pouty lips. Un- oh. Really unpleasant. It was I. I at first, 
him in the background is like, oh, that's a yeah. bit creepy. I and thought he was Manhattan at first. When oh, he was out of yeah, focus, yeah, yeah. I thought, oh, fuck, man. Right. Or, or it's Manhattan. Well, <laughs> because, no, because, he, because he's wearing the full spandex. He yeah, and there was a glow yeah, to right, it. Right. Oh, my God. That would be a great beat in that scene if there's just some Ben Elwood walking past going like, is that Dr. Manhattan? And then <laughs> yeah. focusing in on a guy in silver spandex <laughs> yeah. with lube he <laughs> sprayed <laughs> on him. With, with goggles. Luxurious blowjob lips coming out of the mask. <laughs> this, this shows you the uh, the difference between their world and our world because if I saw him I would just think I'm not giving two bucks to him I'm going to keep <laughs> walking um, by the way he does I, look like a squeegee guy yeah right like a, a squeegee yeah, guy on the side of the road squeegee him yeah, yeah. so <laughs> Not, not so much Lou Man, it's, it's Captain Squeegee. So, so I have to ask, you know when he first started spraying himself, mm. did you think he was going to set himself on fire? Yeah, that's what I, th- mm. I thought he was about to incinerate himself. Yeah. Run yeah, faster. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, so I thought he was going to set himself on fire yeah. and then fight her. And oh then when God. he squeezed himself and then just slipped under, I think I was like... Angela, I think I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, that just happened. I, mine was even lame. I just thought like, oh, okay, this is a, some sort of marathon technique is going to run much farther now. <laughs> like when they throw the water across their face. But that moment where, he's, where he goes pro, like, ba- he goes fully limbo and slides under the thing. Slalom under the gutter. Is one of the funniest... I, yeah. I really... It's really <laughs> funny. What a great image. Yeah. Especially that it's like... I, this is a moment where I kind of realized like what the aesthetic of this show is is like in the previous episode I think the three of us have all talked about how the superhero costumes now uh, I like how found they are like yes. they're found yeah. put together costumes yep. of just items like you know yep. her cowl is like a scarf mm-hmm. and then she paints her eyes she's got a rosary on yep. and that's the only real de- like costume mm. detail is that rosary mm. thing and then you know we've got um, Red Scare's just got like some shitty <laughs> balaclava yeah, his, his balaclava's like torn and you know it's yeah. not even like knitted yeah, yeah, nicely yeah. it's yeah, just yeah, yeah. exactly right. it's just some old thing and I like how found these are but then seeing this costume where it's like this guy's got this weird silver spandex yeah. these crap goggles a utility belt that's like what a squeegee guy would be yeah, wearing yeah, yeah, yeah. and I'm like uh, they're sick for me seeing this and I was like this is kind of like if mystery men was given a very serious the serious yeah, treatment yeah, yeah, yeah. or a very serious reboot where it's like these are found costumes, but these are people doing like hard work and like <laughs> intel espionage and yeah. stuff. But they've got these ridiculous thrown together Halloween costumes. Mm. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So do you, do you reckon he's going to be someone important, or is he just like you know Mr. Shadow last week? It's just mm. a reminder that there's all sorts of people in spandex just <laughs> running around. Do you think? I, it, I have it, a speculation, perhaps. Yeah. I I'm looking at those lips. Yeah. Those lips. Those lips are. I think it may be. This is speculative, so please, uh, you know, grant ourselves. I think it might be Petey. That's what I was about to say. Oh this, yeah, that same right. slender yeah. figure. Yeah. He's mm-hmm. got those big old ass lips. <laughs> He's got those <laughs> yeah. DSLs. Yeah. But you know, they hate when I saw Petey again, like very prominent lip on this boy. Yeah. Not protruding for such, but the uh, skin color. This like the skin, mm-hmm. uh, the tone between his lips and his face. Is prominent enough. I'm like, that's him. I'm yeah, sure. right. That's great. But like he's got prominent enough lips. Well, he does. You know what's interesting about that is he does turn up after. Yeah. Sister Knight. And he's all wet and slopped up. <laughs> and they're like, what's that smell in the room? But also it would track. I mean, who yeah. else would be following uh, Angela, Angela around to observe what she's yeah. up to? Yeah. Good call. Um, uh, and lips. you know that'll that'll that, and that'll confuse that, after what happened with Laurie last week. Yeah. That's going to confuse her even more. 
<laughs> yeah. Or, you know, like what? What? She made him wear the mask when they had yeah, sex. Yeah, exactly. If, no, if that's him. See, did you see it as that? I saw that as he, that was his choice that he wore the mask. Oh, no, I saw I that as her. her. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah, because, you know. Without a doubt. Like when her, in the graphic novel, when her night owl fuck after getting all, oh, like. that's right. Yeah. Going only, yeah. Justice, vigilante justice. Oh, well, it's like, it's costume. once again, it's the inverse, like mm. where he can't. Like he's impotent, yeah. And then he puts on the costume and d- does some crime fighting, and he's like, "I'm back, baby." Yeah. <laughs> so right. that was a bit like her, because she was looking at the, you know, the the big blue vibrating mm. dong of Doctor Manhattan. <laughs> um. So back at the precinct, Sister Knight bumps into. <laughs> I just imagining him wearing that lube belt. To oh well, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> like sure, yeah. she's going to be angry because she hates vigilantes, <laughs> but on the same, on the yeah. other hand, you could have brought that to the party. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, you know, we're not we're not cleaning up the hotel. Um, so back at the precinct, Sister Knight bumps into Senator Keane, who not only thanks her for saving his life, but also reveals that he knows she really is Angela. Sister mm. Knight hands in her evidence she gathered from Lube Man <laughs> and then finds Laurie sitting in Crawford's office. Along with Agent Petey, mm, the three of them travel to the Millennium Clock. Laurie gives her opinions on why costumed adventurers wear masks and Agent Petey explains uh, Laurie's secret origin it was interesting uh did you i i don't know about you guys i it, it took me by surprise that angela had no idea who laurie blake was mm. yeah, yeah i thought so too yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah but yeah. it makes sense like yeah. it's not like she's a like she's not even when the Minutemen are mentioned she immediately goes to that tv show rather yeah. than oh yeah, you mean yeah, the costume yeah, adventures yeah. from the 40s so but i guess yeah, it yeah. is like us going like oh the untouchables you mean like the brian de palma movie instead yeah, of like yeah, absolutely. the yeah. actual guys that busted al capone yeah yeah, yeah. 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 Or, i mean even stuff that's that, that, that wasn't that, that was much more recent mm. you know like um you know when when people talk about oj now it's yeah. d- directly quoting from the documentary rather yeah. than anything that actually went down went down i think yeah. that's how we do consume stuff from the past yeah. Most, of the, most of the time. Yeah. And I think it's a good detail about her character because we know that she is n- she didn't start as a mask vigilante. Right. She did mm. start as a cop. Yeah. yeah. And then she had to hide her identity after that like everyone else. And so I think it gives an idea of like, you know, we s- in contrast to Petey, who someone has a great reverence mm. and mm. excitement in, uh, to the heroes of the past, the mask vigilantes of the past. She's like, has no idea, doesn't yep. give a shit about them. She has no reverence for them. Yeah. Yep. She's just doing her job or for justice not because mm. uh, she like she doesn't even know that like oh yeah I maybe I'm a master vigilante because I have these traumas in my life that Laurie brings up yeah. as well yep. she's just like she's not part of the mythology whatsoever but she is now uh, herself I guess will become like literally part of the mythology yeah. yeah it's like she's being drawn into whatever the mythology of Tulsa is as well as the mythology of the Watchmen story but it's a uh, you know when Laurie quotes Dr. Manhattan mm. to her with uh, thermodynamic yep. miracles yep. she just says yeah he sounds like fun and she's just saying yeah he sounds boring without yeah. realising it's Who Dr. Manhattan yeah, she's talking about yeah. odd. the most fascinating thing that's ever happened on this earth or yeah. in her earth yeah. Ours, I don't know. What do you think is the most fascinating? Probably OJ. <laughs> <laughs> the most fascinating. The most it, it, does, yeah. it does track. I mean, like, you talk to, you know, I mean, I was talking to someone who's like maybe 20, 21 the other day mm. about 9 11. Yeah. And what, oh. they were like one or two when yeah. that shit fascinating, happened. Fascinating, right? Like, oh, yeah. that was, I mean, how old were you, Alexi? Were I you? was uh, 2001. I would have been 10 years old. I'd say old enough. I remember, because I, w- interestingly, at when I was at film school a few years ago, they showed like a short documentary about 9-11 and 
And I'm one of the, I was, at the time, I was one of the more older students in that class. A lot of people were like, just left high school two years before. Mm. And they would have been like, you know, five or under. Yeah. And I, th- I was like fucking crying watching this because it just like was so visceral and it, rem- my rem- it took me right back. And these people had no connection yeah, yeah, to it yeah. whatsoever. And I'm like this weird 25-year-old guy crying, <laughs> crying yeah. in the back of the classroom. But, but it's like us watching the Zapruder film or yeah. footage of Pearl Harbor happening. It's yeah. like, oh, you can, or the Hindenburg exploding. You'd yeah. be like, oh, well, that's intense. But you yeah, don't have that visceral connection to it. Whereas, yeah. I mean, you and I, Justin, were... I mean, I was... I was gigging that night. You were gigging that yeah, night? Yeah, I can tell you exactly what happened. Uh, there was uh, a, a gig that I used to run in Adelaide uh, mm. at uh, PJ O'Brien's. We had like 250 people at this gig on mm. a Tuesday night. And uh, their headline act was getting right towards the end of their set. And I was hosting and someone came up to me and said, oh, a light plane just flew into the yeah. uh, World yeah. Trade Centre. You should get up and make a joke about it so you can be the first one to make a joke. <laughs> and I was like, uh, oh. that's that's weird news. Yeah. Uh, it, like, just thinking about it being a light plane exactly. is weird. Yeah. And I, I immediately, thank goodness for instincts, thought, mm. you know what? That doesn't sound so funny. Not yeah. really great instincts, by the way. Like, just common sense. Yeah. But I was just like, oh, I don't know about that. And then uh, we finished the gig and then... Someone said, turn on the TV, and we turned on the TV, and we it mm. was on. Mm-hmm. And at that point, I don't know about you, Ben, but mm. the first reports that were coming through were saying that every city, major city in America had been hit. Yeah. Mm. It was the most terrifying night of my life. Yeah. yeah. It was just, you know, I was watching The Wizard of Oz and my on right. DVD, and a buddy go, rings me up and goes, turn the news on, this fucking idiot. Flew a light plane into yeah. a building, and yeah. we, were, we were laughing, going, how could you miss... A building that yeah. big, yeah. and then watch the second plane, yeah. and then the people started jumping, and it was just on. And I yeah. just had this fear that World War Three was going to kick off just yeah. as I was oh. in conscription age. So it was oh like, here gosh. we fucking go. Well, I, um, I think if World War Three kicks off, uh, I reckon if conscription yeah, kicks in, we're, it's fine. Yeah, we're done. <laughs> we're, we're done. We're done anyway. Yeah. <laughs> I thought those guys that do the Watchmen podcast. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'll be trying to. I'll be. <laughs> I'll be trying to sell myself to the uh, to the enemy by saying, I'll, I'll, I'll help you break down like really weird episodes of American yeah. TV if you like. Yeah. Like I'm worthwhile. Yeah. Like I, I, we I'm need to worthwhile. break down their cultural references so we can yeah. understand what their Fuck. messages are. Yeah. You're like the wind talkers for the enemy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, <laughs> yeah, but it was uh, it was genuinely it was terrifying. But you know what I mean? Yeah. It, was, it was like and and, and that's and that fucked me up for years. Yeah. Like yeah. I was like every time a fucking plane was overhead, yeah. I was like sketching out, and I was like, yeah. we're on the other side of the planet. But then you talk to someone, you know, a few years younger, and it's just a thing that happened. Yeah, it doesn't affect them at all. Like and uh, it's like so you that, live in this world. So that tracks exactly. though in the show yeah. that she would yeah. just be like, it's so quiet. Like yeah. there's a lot of sh- information in the world. Yeah, yeah not necessarily plugged into your fucking narrative. Thirteen years old when the squid happened Vietnam. or something. And in Vietnam, she's born in Vietnam. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. She wasn't even in you know Manhattan when they were running around kicking ass. Yeah, it's uh, it, it yeah, it's 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 such a small detail, but it rings mm. true, Very and it, it really, and it was fun to kind of be taken by surprise by something yeah. so small. And I think as well, like, it tracks for the character because we're now we're like have an understanding of like. Oh, this is why she's so unintimidated by Laurie because she yeah. literally has no idea yeah. who she is. She just thinks she's some other FBI agent. It's that's like when you meet a way. big comic that you don't realize yeah. is a big oh, comic, yeah. and everyone yeah. else is fawning, and you know, it's like I don't even know who the fuck. 
I'll tell you what. supposed to be. Brendan Burns. Also. <laughs> 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 I, uh, by the way, uh, if, if you know how, uh, you know, the original graphic novel is kind of like a detective story mm. as well. If this if this has a slight underlay of buddy cop movie yeah. with these two, mm. I'm unwrapped. Like oh more man. of them together. I would watch a spin-off series of those two. <laughs> that line delivery of when she's chastising uh, mm. the mask wearing is some of the oh. best delivery yeah. I've ever heard. <laughs> yeah, 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 because you're afraid. Yeah, even the even the <laughs> bit before when she when she casually tells a, a nice costume and the way Regina King just sort of was like. Thanks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's such great yeah. dialogue, sparse, and really, yeah. yeah. Uh, so at the Millennium Clock, they uh, the two women watch as hovering machines are worked on before Lady True's daughter takes the two women to speak with her mother. Laurie wants a list of all the people who know how to fly the hovercraft. Lady True tells Angela in Vietnamese that her grandfather, Will, would like to know if she has his pills, and Angela, Angela replies, also in Vietnamese, that he can ask her himself. Before they go, Lady True explains to the women how Adrian Veidt was the inspiration for the person she is today. Angela returns home and attempts to start a fight with her husband as he reads Things Fall Apart. He, in turn, is frustrated because he had to lie when Laurie came by the house and questioned him about Angela's whereabouts on the night of Crawford's death, including who called the house that night. Back at Millennium Clock, Lady True's daughter wakes from a nightmare and removes an intravenous strip from her arm. She finds her mum and tells her about the dream Creepy. and is encouraged by her mother to go back to bed. Lady True continues her conversation with Will, who is secretly sitting there, uh, and she's worried about his behaviour with Angela. Will counters that True is not being honest with her daughter, but she disagrees because it's a different situation. Will asks how much longer they have before their plan comes to fruition and True states that it will be in three days. Will knows that Angela will hate him once the plan is revealed. They look up at the Millennium Clock as it continues to be built in the dead of night. Meanwhile, Adrian Veidt goes out into a river in the dark of night and pulls human fetuses up from below the water. He picks out two that he feels are the best, then returns home to grow them to full size. He now has two new Mr. Phillips <laughs> and Ms. Crookshanks. He reveals he had a bad night and shows them the corpses of all the previous servants he killed in one night. They take the corpses and launch them into the sky where they appear to disappear without ever returning to the earth or wherever they might be. Mm. Do you think he's just really bored and because he doesn't have a, a smartphone, this is his version of Angry Birds? <laughs> 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 it's not just that they don't... They appear to... It, it, they seem to go through a field. Yeah. Mm. Like, they seem to... They don't just vanish. Yeah. They seem to go through a... Uh, yeah, you know well, when, uh, it looks like a force field or something, yeah, doesn't yeah, it? Yeah. yeah, it reminded me of um, Cabin in the Woods. Yeah. yeah. When the motorcycle oh, yeah. hits the side of yeah. the thing. It's yeah. like a, there's some weird field generator around it. So, you know, once again, he, he mentions four years and you see in the in uh, one of the shots, there's a cake with four candles mm. on it from the night that he's gone nuts and killed ah, all of his yes. servants. So if, if he is on Mars and he's been there for seven years and this is the fourth year, once again, this feels like this timeline mm, is not mm. concurrent yeah. with everything else. So I'm wondering if this is all building to the thing that falls in the field is him. Mm. I don't think that he is on Mars. No. I, I think Lady Chu has imprisoned him. Well, that was going to be... So, okay, so... One of my questions I think he's inside is, the statue. Is, <laughs> well, <laughs> so... Hold on to that. <laughs> so I've got here: is uh, uh, is Vite a captain, uh, a captive of Lady True, mm. on the moon, 
So like once again, yeah. so you know, so you know when you were saying like at the start with the transition, and you yeah. thought yeah. that was a transition yeah. of time. There is literally that transition yeah. of the sky turning into the moon, into the moon from Adrian's thing. That match cut transition, right? Yeah. So yeah. that was my thought then. I'm like, you see, on the moon or something, or you know, yeah. that's that's where that's where my brain's going at that point. Right. So has she kept him there to mm. work on stuff for her? Uh, yeah, I've got no that idea be. what it is. Because it's still like in this weird Yorgos Lanthimos now David Lynch style. <laughs> yeah, you know, these little eraser head it was babies very Lynchian, popping right? out. Those yeah. dirty fetuses. Well, I have like to say, when I, uh, well, my first reaction when mm. I saw them was, you know how everything seems a little bit off <laughs> yeah. Really yeah, yeah. in the show, and yeah. it's like. Is that lobster? Is he gonna cut that oh up and God. cook like? But like when Go you first Mornay, saw it, make a little mornay of them. Not, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> but I don't mean I don't mean once you saw that it was properly a baby. But when you know the yeah. first like, the shot that was further away, yeah, yeah, yeah. you're looking and you're going, "What is like? Have yeah. they gotten this wrong? Yeah. Where tomatoes are, are growing from trees? It's right. like, yeah, are lobsters. the fish fleshy? Like what yeah, is happening yeah, yeah, here? Lobsters yeah, have yeah. no shell. So just delicious skin. Just delicious skin. <laughs> so so I've got down here. Is the statue Vite? Because two yeah. things. One is, she says, is that Adrian Vite? And she says, yes, it truly is. Yeah. And he's like, he looks fucking old. He yeah, looks yeah, old yeah, yeah, because yeah. it's him. Yeah. And also, he's Ozymandias. Yeah. Who, if you remember the poem, found, you know, it's the statue that has been ruined out in the middle of the desert with yeah. the inscription of, of look yes, upon yes, my yes. works. Yeah. Has, are we going to go, are we going to go Dothraki? Gold pouring Game of Thrones yeah. on him here. Like that's that story that was in the first episode's newspaper, Adrian Veet declared dead. Yeah. Because he's been missing for seven years. Oh, he's been okay, right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. So it's uh, I think that's the you gotta wait a certain amount of time and then you can officially make the Because prognosis. there's a line where Lady Chu says he is old. Yes. Yeah. Not he was old. Mm. Yeah. Cause that so either this is set in the time before he was declared dead. Or she knows something that no one else does. I think no, no, no. Alive. It's set. It, uh, it's that w- that this bit is definitely set after that newspaper heading of him being yeah. declared dead. That that yeah, catch yeah, up yeah. is, but she's saying so when he disappeared, he would have been old anyway. Yeah, I think that she mm. at, at the very least she believes that he's out there. Yeah. At the m- uh, more likely she is involved with where he is or what's going on. Yeah, with yeah, him. yeah, yeah, yeah. The fact that she owns his company makes me think that there's, right. you know, pr- mm. prima facie, prima, what's that mafia term? Uh, he who profits. Yeah, I don't know. Well, you know <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. sorry. You're, you're Greek. <laughs> yeah, you're yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. <laughs> Close. Uh, Ometa, um, Casanostra. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that's, uh, that's all I know. Close. Um, so, between... All right, so... Oh, anyway, we'll get to that one in a second. There's so many <laughs> points here. And then I go, eh, 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 eh. let's get to this one first. Between Cal's declaration that there isn't any heaven and Laurie's dis- dismissive use of the thermodynamic miracle mm. line her ex once used, uh, and she uses it as dry sarcasm, uh, is the is the Watchmen world just drenched in nihilism? Is there any mm. hope in this world? or is is th- is th- Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. 
Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. Plush Care accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. You know, everything that happened in the graphic novel, has it just made it an awful place in many ways that, that doesn't see a way forward? I think it's even worse than that is it's just the same. Right, mm. you know, and I think that's the I think that tracks with our reality as well. Right, you know, in that, you know, great change does occur when you know there's a disaster, but more tragically, things just circle around because, yeah. as we were saying before, memories are short. Yeah, right. And it's just easier to go back to the way things were. So I think right. the world is as nihilistic as it ever was. Well, that's funny. That's a that's a bit of a theme in the leftovers as right. well, where there is. Uh, a, a cult called the Guilty Remnant who get angry at people for continuing their life as if everything's fine after yeah. everyone disappeared. And they're, they're angry about it and their job is to remind people... Yeah, yeah. serve as the, the reminder. World, yeah, that, the, that everything changed on that day. I think any hope that exists in the world that's portrayed in the show is, you know, the hope of technology. But very much like our current world like the technology hasn't led to a utopia right it's led to some strange you know destruction of reality where well, it's been used in a different way as well they, they mm. don't trust technology because mm. they they don't have the internet that's why yeah. they don't have it they, they got rid of it seems like in this world computers are just starting to be used because mm-hmm. they have this weird five-stage vetting process yeah. before they can use it um i wonder i, I kind of uh, like i posed the question i think there is still hope and still beauty in this world uh, I, I think the Wade talking about the squid you know in the 30 mm. seconds mm. of life like there is there's great compassion yeah. that yeah. he has and he's from the sounds of it he as I said before he thinks that they're you know alien squids mm. and he's he's got compassion for them uh, it seems like the baby squid live about as long as the Phillips and the Crookshanks <laughs> as well uh, and just like the big squid in the graphic novel they have one reason to live and that is to die Mm. which is uh, very, um, you know, (laughs) both those servants. Like, you know how he kind of treats them as if they're imbeciles, but there's always a mild bit of, like, they don't understand what's happening, but there's always a bit of panic in their eyes. There's always a moment of panic in their movements and the the, the way they carry themselves. Like, they're really, like, on the one hand, (laughs) getting their dead bodies into catapults and firing them is so outrageous. But at the same time, it's really sad yeah. as well. It reminds me of the look that a dog with an abusive owner gets in its eye. Oh, yeah, Where right. it's got that innate loyalty that it yeah. can't not be hardwired to have. Yeah. And yet it does fear the thing that, the very thing that is caring for it. Yeah. Um, I, I do, I think that his, the fact that his frustration seems to be increasing exponentially with them would track with the idea that this is a yearly mm. Yeah. visit that we're having with him yeah um because you know he's 
exasperated at most by them in episode one, and by right. episode four, he's just outright murdering yeah. them. Yeah, <laughs> he's just <laughs> murdering them. I'd like to know if he was in costume. Yeah, like, <laughs> you know. Um, I wrote uh, I wrote a blog this week, uh, uh, last week, sorry, about Sister Knight, uh, about the TV series is in a way <coughs> reframing Laurie's story in the original graphic novel. Mm-hmm. And if you, I think you can go back and read the graphic novel now and read it as her origin story yep. mm. because it's about yeah. that, that's her trauma yep. that makes her decide to be a superhero. I feel like was I wonder if this is going to be Sister Knight's origin story. Like I know she's already Sister yeah. Knight, but as in the comic, Rorschach is Rorschach, but then becomes Rorschach mm-hmm. when he has that moment of yeah. absolute trauma with the mm. dead children's bodies. Yeah. Will will we see her true origin story where she will fully become yeah. a superhero? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's something to uh, anyway. I'm, I'm well, the fact that she doesn't identify with them at this stage, yeah, would, would you know, mm. yeah, there's a lot of scope to go there. Yeah. Um, if Vite isn't the creator of the clones, who is? So. Is, well, it, is it Lady True? I reckon Lady True's daughter is a clone of Lady yeah. True. Oh, yeah. Because you've got, got that IV. I've, I've got some yeah. stuff for that. She's yeah. got that IV. And also, it's like, you know, the first thing we know about this person, Lady True, and we finally do see her, mm-hmm. is that she is a creator of life. Mm-hmm. She yeah. makes these babies. Yeah. We don't know how, but they're genetically designed to be exactly this. So, where, you know, is, are they harvested from the bottom of a pond? Who knows? Mm-hmm. Like, is that yeah. what, if, that, if that's the process of it? And you know who cre- I'm thinking that's who's created them, and then I be, this is a theory that I've seen online quite a bit. Right, is that the 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 Phillips and uh, who, Phillips Crookshanks and, Phillips Crookshanks. and Crookshanks that the theory is that that they're clones of John Osterman and Jenny, his first right. his partner. Right, and I'm like trying to think, but does that check out? Is he trying to create? a new Dr. Manhattan, and that's why they're saying that it. That was but one of my... So, uh, one of the notes that I wrote down uh, that I was going to save for a little bit longer uh, mm. later, but the um, the top of the Millennium Clock, I don't know about you guys, it can't, I could be wrong about mm. this because we only see a quick grab of it, yeah. but it kind of looked a little bit like his palace in the yeah. comic, mm. in the yep. graphic novel. Yep, 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 yep. So, I'd, I've been thinking that they were going to try and create... Uh, a new Doctor Man, yeah, mm. trying to recreate it, you know, or like Comrade Manhattan or something, you know. <laughs> right. Well, well <laughs> that's my dream—a red Manhattan, <laughs> red Manhattan. <laughs> that big red dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alexi, where is what is going on here? Two so, shots of yeah. tequila and this nice boy turns <laughs> oh into god. a dirty fuck. <laughs> oh my god, such a lush. Um, the uh, you know, we said Dr. Manhattan was leaving in the graphic novel, was leaving mm. to create life. Uh, Vite did create life with uh, animals, etc. Mm. And now uh, True is creating human life. So maybe she is our, uh, you know, like maybe it's not that uh, big a leap to say that she's our new Adrian Vite. What, uh, what is the name uh, Lady True reference to? Oh, right. So um, I can tell you that. Oh, you know what? We'll get to that uh. in a sec. But I've, I've got notes on that. That was we kind of dug into that last week, but we've got some more for that. Right. Um, what is happening with the Millennium Clock and Beyond, which goes straight into what we were talking about? Um, Beyond says it tells time, but it is also the first wonder of a new world mm. and will survive anything short of a direct nuclear blast. Oh, 
here's the note that I was just looking for. Mm. Uh, last week we discussed the name Lady uh, True was for a female warrior in third century Vietnam who managed for some time to resist the Chinese state of Eastern Wu during its occupation. Right. She is quoted as saying, I'd like to ride storms, kill sharks in the open sea, drive out the aggressors, reconquer the country, undo the ties of serfdom and never bend my back to be the concubine mm. of whatever man. So is so yeah. I'm starting to wonder with Bian, if Bian is a clone of Lady True and what she's that dream is a memory. So that's why she thinks it's good when she has the dream because that means she's getting her memories yes. in place. Mm. And I'm wondering if lay, maybe this maybe trying to make a new Dr. Manhattan is incorrect. This has all been about aggression. It's been about taking over countries. It's mm. been taking over a people. I wonder if she was in one of the villages that Dr. Manhattan walked yeah. through as that yeah, giant right. figure. And what Turning she's doing is um, she's going to try and free Vietnam from American yeah. rule. And is she wow, going to try... Very nice. Very and, good. And is she going to try and call down... Dr. Manhattan and destroy him for mm. what he did with the village. Like maybe, because mm. may, it tells time. So maybe like there, there's something very specific about that. That tells time. Mm. Is it is it telling him that it's time? You know what I mean? It's like you have to pay for what you did. Or, or is it re replicating his ability to see all time? Maybe. That's my mum's theory. My yeah. mum's really into that. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The so millennium you, clock. So then you can do whatever you need to do because then you can read what's happening yeah, yeah, and yeah. you can work. But we also know that he was kind of trapped to time. Do you know what I mean? Like he could see all of it, yeah. but it, it didn't feel like he could necessarily move. He couldn't travel through it. Outside of it. Anyway. Well, yeah, I, I was listening to an episode you guys uh, talk, where, you, where you talked about uh, when the comedian shoots his uh, yeah. oh, pregnant... Yeah. Um, Lover, yeah, the, the mother of his child. Yeah, uh, and there's that moment where the comedian's chewing Manhattan out, saying, "You yeah. could have done this, you could have done that." And it's like, well, no, he couldn't have because he's yeah, he's merely an observer. Mm. Yeah, he's just there witnessing what has already happened. Yeah, yeah. he cannot intervene. Yeah, um, which would be a terrible fucking curse. Right. No wonder he's so removed. Yeah, you know, it's yeah, like yeah. it's it's a it's a coping mechanism. Yeah. Um. But anyway, that was uh, that was uh, just a little theory that I thought I'd mm. throw out there because as soon as you know the village and that that's such a mm. such a distinct panel when he's walking yeah. giant yeah. walking through yeah. Vietnam and like mm. it kind of fits in you know of course then you could get other people working for you in Tulsa because mm. of everything that went down there yeah. Um, how much does trauma and memories mould the people we are today? So, Laurie <laughs> is the product of the comedian and Silk Spectre. Angela is an orphan. Kind of gives her a bit of a Batman mm. uh, origin. Uh, was Crawford a good man because his father's shadow was that of a bad man? Like, I'm, I'm starting to wonder if that yeah. KKK costume is his father's. Yeah, I don't so, know. So, you know, so maybe he had that there as a reminder of what he had to not be. Maybe. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, you know? I think the assumption that he is a member of the clan just because he has... I mean, yeah. it's, it's obviously not a good look no. to have a clan <laughs> costume in yeah. your uh, 
you know, but uh, to, to make the automatic assumption that he is, yeah, you know, this too evil easy. man. Yeah. Yeah, it's, A, it's too easy, and B, I don't know, like, it, that's a hell of a charade to keep up for many, many years, right. being, you know, your best friend is an African-American yeah. lady right. that trusts but you and, every, you know. The, we, we still don't really know what happened on the night, of the mm. white night as yeah. well, which is still curious. Yeah. Um, Will Reeves is the product of what he witnessed as a child, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and... Um, if Bian is the daughter of Lady True or the, the clone of Lady True, she has the trauma of dealing with her village being destroyed and literally yeah. brings her past with her, uh, which is the, the vivarium, yeah. you know, is mm. very much literally her past yeah. in a new place. And echoed Veet's um, vivarium from um, issue the 11. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Do you, can, I can't remember. Were the, you know, his servants, were, mm. they, were they clones or were they... Uh, were they real people? I can't recall. With, I can't recall. I can't in the graphic either. novel. In the graphic novel. I don't, I don't think they, they are clones. Asiatic. Yes. I can't remember if they were. Yeah. I don't think they were I close. I'm not sure. Mm. Um, and how powerful is Will? He's 105. He can, it looks like he can kill men and hang them from trees. He's impervious to heat, like when he pulled the egg out of the mm. boiling water. He's super sharp and lucid. We see... So he can walk as well now. He can walk. Mm. We see Angela spray her eye makeup all the time. It's a key move that we see every time that yeah. she's getting ready. So are we going to see a, f- a, f- a flashback to Hooded Justice and see him spray something Caucasian-y <laughs> across <laughs> his eyes? Like do, you, do, you, do, you, do you subscribe to the theory that he was Hooded Justice? Well, so uh, I think uh, on, our, on our chat page on Facebook, Emily Lind. Hello, Emily. I think she just had a birthday recently. Happy birthday, Happy birthday, Emily. Uh, I think she posited <laughs> the idea like in the fir- like after yeah. the first episode. And I was like, oh, yeah, but Hooded Justice was, you know, like when you go back and look at the artwork, he's definitely uh, Caucasian. But then it's like, because we keep seeing that same motif of her mm. spraying the yeah, eyes, yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, is there going to be something? Like, yeah. And I don't also, know. Also, it's like, f- I I like this theory that's with justice, especially because we're seeing the Watchmen TV show, the Minutemen yeah. show, yeah. and that's from the perspective of Hooded Justice. Right. Yeah, so yeah. I'm, I, I like the idea that it's him. I don't know how well it tracks. But also, because, correct me if I'm wrong, but... In the graphic novels, it's strongly hinted that Hooded Justice is yeah. um, in Rolf a f- Mueller. He's in a fake relationship yeah. with um, the original Silk Spectre, right? Yeah. yeah, and he is, but that's like a guy. It's like he's he, she's his beard yeah. because yeah. he's um, a closeted homosexual or yeah. bisexual, right? And isn't it also hinted that he is? Uh, racist or something as well, or yeah, it's hint- hinted that he might have Nazi background. Yeah. Well, we, what's really interesting about the use of the word closeted then is if uh, mm. if he is Hooded Justice and he was closeted, and Angela's his granddaughter, she mm. keeps going having sex in the closet. Like that's yeah. an interesting place that they keep. I've I've been fascinated that they yeah. keep saying let's go to the closet. That yeah, I don't. Yeah, yeah. So that has been uh, a really fascinating thing uh, for me. And also, if he has some form of heightened powers, which yeah. seem like it's more like a Captain America style rather than like a Dr. Manhattan thing. When you think about it, like, she's in her 40s and she moved a coffin over... Mm. A, like, that's a pretty yeah. superhuman thing yeah, to yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, has but, something been passed but down? But that would be an anomaly in this world because, I mean, the whole kind of... Um, 
impact of Manhattan in the book is that mm. he is the first and only yeah. person with powers. Mm. Yeah. Uh, so if they're introducing, I reckon that maybe the pills yeah. might be the source of his power. It's coke yeah. or something. Yeah, he's fucking coked out of his head. Yeah, you know, yeah. But Adrian as well, Adrian is smart, like, you know, smarter than the average bear. Yeah. But he's also athletic and yeah. acrobatic, like he can catch the bullet. Yeah. And it's like, you know, it's not out of the realm that someone is... Uh, beyond regular, average human capabilities, yeah, yeah, yeah. but in a way that's not like, oh, fuck, this cunt's got laser eyes or something <laughs> like that. Right. It's just like, oh, yeah, he is 105. He's lived a long life. He's healthy. He's got all this, like, you know, this yeah. this strength and stuff where it's just beyond what is considered normal, but not well, super to a boiling pot of water. Yeah. yeah. Like I, he's well, got there's some shit going on with this guy. You know, maybe something's been going on, uh, you know, maybe he's been experimented on for a while, yeah. you know, so... He did go missing in the 40s. I reckon, yeah. I reckon uh, your mum is right. I reckon there's going to be some hinky shit with time. Oh, mm. yeah. Yep. Yeah, I'm excited for that. <laughs> Um, hinky shit. <laughs> I've never heard hinky ever used as a word before. Really? I don't think so. Hinky shit with time. Turns yeah. out turns out it's your birthday as well. <laughs> <laughs> so um, here's my... Uh, I, I introduced a new segment last week called I Spend Too Much Time Alone. And um, I thought... So here you go. This is, my, this is my deep dive on something that maybe was too much. Uh it is, uh, I, I pose a question, what is going on with the horseshoe? Veidt keeps declaring he doesn't need it yet. Mm. Keep That's every time, I don't mm. need it yet. So it's been four years. So a horseshoe, uh, as we know, means good luck. Uh, but for the ancient Greeks, its shape symbolised the crescent moon. Mm. And oh, is related moon. to Artemis, the goddess of the wilderness, the hunt and mm, fertility, the, the helper of midwives as a goddess of birth. Uh-huh. So that kind of fits in with everything. She is also the twin of Apollo. Apollo was the patron god of Delphi, where Alexander the Great, who was the inspiration for Adrian Veidt, visited the Delphic Oracle, wishing to hear a prophecy that he would soon conquer the ancient world. When the Oracle refused a direct answer, he dragged her out of the chamber until she screamed, You are invincible, my son, to which Alexander replied, now I have my answer. And in the graphic novel, Veidt asks Dr. Manhattan if everything ended well and he is told that nothing ever, ever ends. Anyway, I don't know it, what any of that means, but that was my deep dive on Horseshoe. <laughs> and it seemed like it... Uh, I mean, it did link up. It did link up. crazy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I might have too much time on my hands, but uh, that seemed pretty yeah. good, right? Yeah, it's pretty that good. It was a good yeah. one, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know for a while there, you guys were giving looks to each other <laughs> <laughs> to say And then we stopped making eye contact altogether. Yeah, yeah. because you realised I was onto something. Yeah, he yeah. linked it up. Don't you worry about that. I've got to be honest. Uh... I felt your confidence in me wavering, but I knew I'd get you back. <laughs> I knew it. I just knew it. I felt very good about myself. Um, time for a mum fact. Mum fact. fact. Andrea's into it. She's loving it. Yes. Like, it's one of her favourite series of all time. Oh, well, yes. How good's my mum? Yeah, she's, like, yeah, she, she yeah. is cool. Yeah. I get little messages. Uh, like, uh, I get a, I just, I just get a message on email. I've watched it. <laughs> Which means, okay, I get, to have a I get the same email, but it's about the latest episode of Border Security. Oh, that's <laughs> disappointing. It's <laughs> not great. That is disappointing. Um, so there's uh, Lady True drinks from elephant-shaped cups. There's elephants in the mm. background. The egg timer is an elephant. Uh, in Asian culture, they represent high intelligence and good memory, and therefore 
symbolize wisdom and royal power. They also have a negative connotation as being a symbol for an unnecessary burden. Uh, so I, I also thought it was a reference to the Gunga Diner. Oh, yeah. Aren't there elephants all over the Gunga Diner? Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There is too. Uh, but that's from... The Gunga Diner is Indian, isn't it? Like, because uh, isn't there a, right, right, right. an implication in the... When they were world building, uh, Gibbons and Moore suggested that there had been uh, a, uh, some sort of disaster in India and they'd taken in a lot of refugees. Uh, right, right, and right. that's how you ended up with the Gunga Diner. Yeah. Right. There. That's so... But uh, anyway, nice one, Mum. Um, oh, by the way, just while I think of it, Cal's name, Cal, Cal, Cal mm. L, mm-hmm. uh, mm. and then I was also thinking of Calvinism, but I didn't have time to really do a deep dive on that because I was too busy getting really excited about uh, horseshoes. Horse <laughs> 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 I'm on a horseshoe jack. <laughs> no time for Calvinism. <laughs> uh, so <laughs> I'm imagining you at the state library going. Got any books on horseshoes? Yeah. <laughs> hey, thank goodness for the uh, yeah. for the internet. Yeah. <laughs> this podcast would have taken yeah. a lot longer in the if old was, days. If you were set in the Watchmen universe, universe? Yeah. oh my god! <laughs> Sixteen weeks later, it's the first episode of uh, Watchmen. Uh, so I've got some squid bits for you. Squid bits. Uh, the book that uh, Katie Clark is reading at the start, Fog Dancing. Mm. That's a novel by Max Shea. Max, who wrote uh, Tales of the Black Freighter in the graphic novel and was also the author who ended up on the island that helped create yeah, the right. giant squid. So mm. that was a tasty little Very good. tasty little uh, squid bit there. Um, the title of the episode, If You Don't Like My Story, Write Your Own, is a direct quote from the book uh, Cal is reading. Uh, now, I'm probably going to get these names wrong, so I apologise. But it's uh, written by Chinwa Ashibi. It's a 1958 novel called Things Fall Apart, which deals with collective and intergenerational racial trauma. It was published just before Nigeria's liberation from colonial Britain in 1960 and tells a story about white Christian missionaries in the 1890s and the colonial racism the main character Konkwo and his family endure. Uh, Onkonkwo? God, I, hope I, I feel like I'm so wrong with that. But Onkonkwo is an Igbo Nigerian wrestler which fits in with Hooded Justice, who was considered to be a strong man. Mm. So uh, that is interesting. Uh, th- of course, the timelines are matching up for Will and Hooded Justice, as we were just uh, uh, talking about. The novel also has a proverb in it that contains the line When the moon is shining, the cripple becomes hungry for walk which fits with Will standing in the middle of the night without the aid of his wheelchair. You really are a fucking nerd, man. Mate, (laughs) as I I said last week, I've been doing this by myself anyway. I might as well record it first. (laughs) A, for people to either think uh, he needs to get a girlfriend or or B, someone who just can't be bothered to do, like, because other people have real lives. (laughs) The trail-off was magnificent. Oh, well, you know what? (laughs) It's just just the moment when I I was thinking, I'll tell you exactly what I was thinking. I was just trying to remember his name, but I can't remember his name, but I received such Mm. a nice message on the Facebook page from... Uh, and if you're listening, I'm sorry, I can't remember your name. But he wrote to me and he said, mate, I am a time poor father and this is oh, great. Yeah. <laughs> ah, yeah, yeah, right. yeah, 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 yeah. So he's like, oh, thank goodness. I'm, I've got a, a grown-up life. Thank God I've got that <laughs> idiot man-child doing all of this work <laughs> for Explaining me. horseshoes to yeah. me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the song on the radio, When Laurie Drives Angela, 
uh, along is Billy Holiday's You're My Thrill, which in the graphic novel plays on the Owl Ship stereo as Night Owl and Silk Spectre rescue people oh. from a tenement fire. Right, lovely. That's a nice little, yeah, uh, yeah. nice little touch. Yeah. Mm. Um, okay. Speaking of Night Owls, just to digress. Do you reckon we're going to see him in this series? Well, so oh, it's interesting so. because yeah. he's in jail. Yeah. I wonder if, you know... I like the idea of even fatter and sadder yeah. Dan Dryberg. Oh, yeah. God. So you, have you seen the rumours online that John Cena is playing Dr. Manhattan? Whoa. Whoa. I'm not into that at all. No, no, no not at all. No, no, I feel no. Like, like cock out? <laughs> well, <laughs> he better... Mate, if you got to do yeah, it, yeah. If you got to do it, you got to get. You noticed in the comic that it's quite strategic where he wears the like, you know that mm. that scene you were talking about earlier where he's yeah. destroying Hanoi or whatever, Vietnam. Yeah, yeah. he's wearing underpants. And yeah, I well think that's, if but that's that's more a case of he's still a little bit human, you mm. know. Right. Like, like by the a, time we get, you thought to it was a him, photo op. Right, I thought it, no. Well, yeah. I thought it was like because he was under the employment of the American government. Well, it probably, like, like it probably I, what was. would be more terrifying than yeah. a, a twenty-foot naked dick. man yeah. Yeah. striding towards <laughs> Some you? Some giant smurf <laughs> coming at you and turning you into gas. But um, God, I hope that. But, but that sounds exactly what would have happened in, yeah. in the army. We want you to go and kill these innocent people yeah. indiscriminately, but <laughs> cover your junk. <laughs> yeah, we don't want <laughs> any. We're of America. That stuff. Violence is great. Sex not so great. I hope that we get to see Night Out. I hope it's Paul Giamatti. <laughs> <laughs> just, in the, just, even, just getting chubbier, sadder. I still who, can't get hot. Yeah. Who epitomizes that more Paul than Paul Giamatti? <laughs> who do you want to play uh, Dr. Manhattan? <sighs> so, uh, I don't know. Fucking I'm, I'm Lou Ferrigno, dude. <laughs> the original painted just color that guy. Blue paint. yeah. yeah, just just change just, yeah. just change the shade a little exactly bit. Exactly. Do you have a dream casting? Uh, Michael Fassbender, great yeah. dick, great dick, great yeah, dick. Seen sure. a lot. Seen sure. shame. Big, yes, big dick, big dick. Man. Imagine that blue. You and McGregor. You and McGregor. You and McGregor as Doctor Manhattan. He yeah, he'd be flash great. that thing around. Have you ever seen that footage of Lenny Kravitz when he's singing and he's and he's bends <laughs> down his splits and he's <laughs> he's dick pop? Yeah, I want Lenny Mate, Kravitz. I want Lenny Kravitz. <laughs> I want too. he's got leather pads and Mate, then just like a little <laughs> split hole and, thing, the, and the brains hang out. That thing was a beast. Yeah. <laughs> My, uh, a friend of mine showed me and she said, watch this. And as soon as I watched it, I was like, you didn't show this to, because you think it's funny. She went, no. Yeah. <laughs> She's really into it. All right. So here's, here's something tasty for you that I've been dying to get to. So it's hard. a photo of Lenny Kravitz. Here's a photo of Lenny Kravitz. <laughs> Dick King. busted yeah. through his leather pants. Yeah, in blue. <laughs> Bian in Vietnamese means secretive. It has a new... Numerology value of nine. There's nine episodes, and in numerolo- numerological terms, means humanitarian, which pertains to the saving of human lives or the alleviation of suffering. Transcendent, going beyond ordinary limits, superior. So that's what Bian. Very mm. nice. There we go. That's a that's a tasty little treat. Gosh. I was like so excited <laughs> when I got that. It was like as soon as wow. the, you know when I first let you in, Alexi. I yeah. found it really hard not to say. Beyond equals nine. Yeah, beyond equals nine. Like okay, dude. <laughs> you, can go, you can go home now. So there's a so as Angela walks through the Greenwood Cultural Center, holograms of African Americans and the KKK mm. appear behind her like Ooh, ghosts, visceral haunting image, right? her every moves. Mm. When she bends down to speak to the Will hologram, it looks like he has a sheriff badge on. Considering he took the last name of Reeves after Bass Reeves and we discover that at some point he was a cop in New York, it is another visual pun revealing a truth that is spoken later in Mm. the episode. Uh, 
and uh, oh, in Petypedia last week. By the way, Petey's just such a great emasculating name for yeah. uh, like <laughs> it, I really want him to be lewd man. Like PD. Yeah. <laughs> PD. Whenever you add a Y to the end of any male name, it's a little emasculating. You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? <laughs> so true. So yeah. true, Benny. Um, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, Great work, Benny. Thanks, mate. <laughs> Thanks, Alexi. <laughs> yeah, mine's always has it. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, in the. Uh, in the document, there was a document for the reparations for the victims and descendants of the Tulsa attack in 1921. And on the last page, it declared, in terms of justice for people wronged in the past, that maybe we should think about reconsidering linear constructs of time and adopt a quantum perspective on justice. So if that is fitting Fucking in hell. with the, they're going to try and control time, yeah. maybe they're going to go back and get the justice for Vietnam that they feel ah, like yes, they always yes, yes, want yes. Mm. So That's some minority report thinking, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. Uh, so uh, we already mentioned this. Uh, Lady True has her vivarium in the middle of Oklahoma, but just like Veidt had his in Antarctica. And uh, birth and fertility images abound. Eggs broken at the Clark's house. Seeds that reveal your family history. Mm. Lady True said mm. her success grew from the seed of... Vite's inspiration. Very good. <sighs> this is a very good show. Yeah, there's a lot of... Yeah, um, I was saying to you guys at the end, I'm not normally a binger, but I'm kind of very hungry for answers. Yeah. So, that's... Yeah, that's so funny because I'm... I'm uh, one week at a time. Yeah, I like yeah, to, yeah, yeah. Uh, like, I need time to, <laughs> yeah, to get through all shoes. of this, you know. <laughs> On Tuesdays, Justin soaks. That's it. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just in a bathtub full of salt, just relaxing, <laughs> getting my back and uh, neck in place. But uh, at the end of this episode, I was like, oh, yeah. why do I have to wait a week? Yeah, yeah. let's get, let's go. Like, yeah. it definitely, but it's great. The, the intrigue is, it, it's, it doesn't feel like chess pieces being placed down anymore. It feels like it's definitely yes. ramping up. Yeah. Uh, and it feels like answers are just around the corner. Yeah. yeah. Especially now, like, the most curious and strangest uh, element to the story so far has been what is up with Adrian Veidt. Mm -hmm. And now in this episode, to be closer to... Like, you know, a real answers yeah. to what it is. Like, you know, this episode, it is confirmed, like, oh, it has been a year each time, basically. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And he is being held captive somewhere. We're learning that uh, 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 Lady True knows more about him and stuff. Yeah. So it's like, okay, there is going to be... Not... There are answers to these things. Yeah. Will we find out? Maybe not. But, mm -hmm, you know, mm -hmm. it's... We're learning... We're close to the truth now. Yeah. Yes. The closer you get to the uh, answers, the more desperate, you know. Yeah. Like, oh, yeah. It's like how you need to pee harder the closer <laughs> you get to the toilet. <laughs> yeah, it's so true. This is about to happen. Um, <laughs> We're so close. <laughs> <laughs> Too bad about that belt you got on there. <laughs> <laughs> Shit, it's buttons, not a zipper. <laughs> Fuck. Ah, <laughs> uh, buttons, the downfall of a man drinking beer <laughs> on a warm summer day. But the uh, it was uh, a pretty... It, like the the inner workings of it is really kind of ramping up. I yep. feel like I'm uh, not not to the detriment of getting to know the characters either. And uh, yeah, I can't. Like it's, it, it's going to be a long week. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And I kind of, I feel like that we are going to get a couple of episodes somewhere in the middle that grind the plot to a halt. 
and are just character studies. Well, I, I so suspect that something like that's going to so happen. So there is, it, so it's so frustrating. You know how I was telling you, you know, I'm going to be up in Brisbane yeah. and Melbourne doing gigs on the night of, you know, when the episodes happen. It's yeah. like, man, I need like I need a little nine eyes after mm. working these episodes <laughs> out. Yeah. But uh, from so because I've tried to read as little as possible. Yeah. Uh, a couple of things. One is, did you ha- did you listen to the HBO official I did, podcast? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Which was Lindelof. I only once again. To this one. So Do you? Yeah. yeah this Boilist. is my one. This yeah. is the official one. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> um, so that was interesting, you know, because there was the implication of where he said, is Vite really making those clones? And it was like, oh. Mm, so he, yeah, he kind yeah. of uh, uh, posited that. There was something else as well. But anyway, I think... So some of the critics had said that they'd gotten... They'd received the first six mm, episodes. Yeah. And uh, one of the critics that I I love is Alan Seppenwall. For who, Rolling Stone. Yeah, for Rolling Stone now. If... Um, if you're ever going to do, uh, you know, a deep dive on the leftovers, read his recaps. Yeah. They're like poetry, yeah, and they right. they are some of the most beautiful writing about that show, and complement the show so wonderfully. And he is uh, he's a fan of Lindelof and his work, and he has said that episode six is mind blowing. In, in the way that International Assassin in season two of mm. the Leftovers is, and I've tried to what forget that, that because it, uh, internet. So the leftovers is brilliant, yeah. mm-hmm. and then it gets to this one episode where they take a big swing, like yeah, a really big swing. It's and it is mind blowing. Okay, I they would pull say it without spoiling anything, it is the most. Uh, the show's fairly grounded, like mm. even though it's like this. There's a, a there's fantas- an existential dread, yeah, an existential but dread. But there's also you know there's a the show kicks off with this fantastical element, but then doesn't really use anything in the surreal mm. or in the fantasy mm. but the episode International Assassins where it's like uh, yeah remember that we were a fantasy show or uh, remember kinda, when we were a surreal kinda. show yeah exactly but it's it's like um, it's like an American version of The Prisoner yeah yeah cool, that's a really man. good explanation yeah and it's unbelievable because it does feel like there, you know, there's been a lot of, you know, superhero-y stuff mm. in this, but I have thought, like, especially with this episode, it's like, oh, it could, it feels like it's, you're holding back a little bit. This could be a lot crazier mm. or, or a lot more, like, outright kind of batty. Yeah. And it right. feels like it's kind of... A man did cover himself in lube and... Sl- that's like, true, that's down true. A <laughs> and slip down a drain. But, like, you know, you know what I, know I mean? What you mean. You know, yeah, like, yeah. It, it, it seems yeah. to be like, uh, we're going to hold a few cards close to our chairs. Yeah. yeah. And I can... I, I don't know, I feel like, knowing what I do of TV shows and how they unfold, yeah. that there is going to be some episode coming up soon where it's just outright, you know, yeah, world, no, this I, is the world. And I think, I think that's going to be episode... Six. Six. That's the okay, impression. great. Do you know what it's no. about? Or no, I kind of. I think I've superheroes. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've tried <laughs> Watchmen. Yeah, yeah, some sort of. Uh, That's what happens at the end. At the end, yeah. uh, Laurie and Sister Knight and Doctor Manhattan comes down and says, "We should yeah. form a team." <laughs> <laughs> but the thing is, is that you know, that, is that Lindelof has kept saying that he and the writers have created a show that is nine episodes. Yeah, it's just these nine episodes. It tells a complete story. Yeah. Maybe they would come back and do another season. Yeah. Maybe someone else should do another season. I think he's uh, his exact yeah. words were he'd love to see Ryan Coogler do oh, a story awesome. set in that world. And True it was like, style. yeah, I would love, love Zack Snyder to have oh, a another so shot. Good, hey? Give us the Snyder <laughs> yeah, cut yeah. of Watchmen. Yeah, have you, so, so have you seen? Uh, so, so Lindelof is so polite. He's yeah. he's friends with Zack Snyder and was uh, and Zack. 
And uh, as I've said before on the podcast, when I did that Q and A with him, yeah, he was so lovely. He seemed like a lovely guy. He was a really nice guy. Obsessed with Ayn Rand. Yeah, yeah. But anyway, um, very unfortunate sleeve tattoos. But you know, the thing is, is that nine episodes. If it's telling one story, then we're going to get all the answers at the end that Mm. we got at the end of the graphic novel. Yes, and that's. That's really And I think that's very important. I don't... Like, as much as Mm. I'm enjoying this, Mm. I'm not sure how invested I would be if I thought that this was going to be an indefinite... Yeah. ...however Mm. many years We'd be signed on five, six years or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, like, you know, like, if if I didn't think that I was going to find out any kind of answers for another five or six years, Mm. I I don't... You know, I think I'd be more inclined to maybe just go, oh, maybe I'll just wait. Yeah. Right. Which is, you know, I might... A floor on my side, but no. I, I, lo- no, no, I no. love I love knowing that. Yeah, cool. I'm not just being kind of you know. It's not like a dollar bill on the end of a piece of string, yeah. and I'm just well, blindly following. I like yeah. knowing this. Once has again, with the leftovers, each season is complete. Yeah, like like when I watched it, I thought I thought after that first season, I went, well, that was great. Like I would yeah. not change anything about that. And then they said they were bringing out a second season. I was like, oh, all right, this yeah. is great. And then mm. at the end of the second season, I was like. Well, that's that's the end of the story, and that's great, and it yeah, really yeah, finished yeah. in a way. And then, and then they said they're making a third season to wrap everything up, all in a tidy eight episodes. Yeah, and then it was like, great. Yeah, and, then, yeah, and yeah, each yeah. season gets better and better. So if it, if they did have some extra thoughts that they wanted to come back to at some point, yeah. But if if this is it, yeah. Great. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I felt like that with the... Uh, I don't know if either of you watched the uh, Netflix Dark Crystal series. Oh, I, oh no. Th- it's one of my favourite movies. And I started it in the first 10 minutes. I'm like, oh, I can't. I'm not it's in the so right good. mindset. It's so good. Yeah. It's so good. And it's sim- very similar that when it ends, there's a lot that you can still do. Yeah. I mean, the Skeksis are still in power and, you know, da, da, yeah. da, da. but uh, it doesn't lead directly into the film. Oh, but right. if that was it, yeah. great. It was 10, ten yeah. of the best hours of anything wow. I've ever seen. Yeah, spectacular. Right. Oh, i got to watch it. It's spectacular, man. It's, it's so f- fucking beautiful. It's, it's good to know when you're not in the right mood for something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Cause you have to call it. Because it's just like, my, I love that world. I'm like, I'm so glad there's more of it. I'm so glad there's so much artistry has been put to it. <laughs> yeah. And then like the first 10 minutes, I'm like, oh my God, I can't handle this. So much exposition I couldn't handle. There was it. not one episode where I didn't cry openly oh, and yes. also spend a lot of time like a nine-year-old yeah. just going, what the fuck? fuck yes. am I even looking at? Right. Oh, this man. is outstanding. Yeah, great. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm I'm with you as well where I'm like, I'm not a TV guy. Like mm. This is like yeah. one of the only TV shows yeah. I watch. Same. It's not how I like to, yeah. it's not how I like my stories. Yeah. I like right. films. I like graphic novels more than TV, more than TV shows. Because yeah. I think I like, I like my art and the stuff that I ingest media wise to be complete, have a sense yes. of completeness to yeah. it. Mm. And like the only TV shows I watch are mini series, like something mm. like this or um, reality TV where I'm like, Oh, I don't need to feel completed. Yeah, this yeah, is yeah, just yeah. satiating my eyeballs to be focused yep. on something rather than <laughs> reality for a moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And I think that the idea going in the idea that this is just a nine episode run, mm. maybe we'll do more. It makes me think of the other TV shows that often are HBO shows that I do really like mm. where it's like the next season's a sequel yep. rather than yep. just the continuation of the story. Yep. Yep. Like Eastbound and Down or something like that where yep. it's like great self-contained mm. uh, series and then you don't need another one but every time they did another one it felt like a sequel to it where you know there's a new location mm. same as the uh, same as the leftovers where it's like yep. a sequel to it rather than just a straight up 
continuation of plot and yeah. like yeah. all the yeah. plot thickens further. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Just more time in this world with these characters. I think I said to you a couple of weeks ago, I would love to see a second series of this show, but set in a completely different yeah. time period. Oh yeah, you know, set yeah. twenty years from now or twenty years, you know, in the past, oh, well, wherever, you know, whenever, imagine, wherever. Imagine seeing the Minutemen. Yeah, great. You know, that'd yeah, be yeah. fun. Yeah. Uh, that, so that brings us to the end of the podcast. I'll do a quick little. Uh, tidy up uh, without you guys. Alexi, is there anything that you would like to plug for our listeners? Yeah, if you liked hearing me talk on this, I talk on a million other podcasts. I've got a Total Reboot at the moment where it's me and Cameron James, another comedian, where we talk uh, about reboots, remakes and rip-offs and compare and contrast them with their original films. We've had both of you guys it's, on. It's mm. very funny. I just listened to your Joker series yeah. and it was very, very funny. Yeah, we very try funny. to strike a good balance of uh, <laughs> of great film criticism that we, Cameron and I both studied film heaps, but also <laughs> ridiculous jokes about what if the Joker was Aussie and not the making... Larrikin? Yeah, the Larrikin. <laughs> the but we've had both of you guys on. Yeah. You, uh, Justin, you recently joined us for our Dark Knight episode and that's one of the best episodes we've ever done, I reckon. Lots of high praise from it. It was was funny going into it because I'd known I'd banged on about this movie for so many years. I really tried to bring a whole lot of new stuff. (laughs) I went I went full horseshoot. <laughs> and I would say Elwood, your episode you, you did Jurassic Park, the original yeah, movie Jurassic with us. Park, yeah. Between the two of you, probably our two of our most popular episodes. Oh really? Yeah. Oh well, I, you know, in my case, it was the movie. I think no Jurassic way. Park is very Listen, popular movie. I will yeah. butter you yeah. up. Take a present. Yeah, <laughs> my beautiful butter boy, you're gonna get buttered up. <laughs> yeah. And uh, Ben, what do you have? Uh, uh, look, uh, Are you bringing I'm, back your podcast. Uh, nah, look, uh, if if you like me and my voice, listen to a podcast called Oink Time. Great podcast. Uh, both of you have been guests yeah, on the podcast. old Oink Time podcast. Uh, me and my good friend Jen Carnavale, who's a fantastic comedian, talk to interesting people about heavy shit. Mm. Uh, so there's a lot of, lot of uh, I don't know. It's, yeah, it's a great <laughs> podcast. I yeah. remember you did an episode with someone I didn't even... Usually I'll listen to podcasts because you, you're talking to other friends of mine. I'm like, mm. oh, interesting to hear them talk. But you did one with an archaeologist. I'm, oh, that was a great episode. That was one of my favourite yeah, 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 episodes. Yeah, 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 it was yeah. so good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, it's it's kind of uh, on hiatus at the moment because, uh, well, you know, life gets in the way mm. sometimes. Uh, but we might bring it back. So, But yeah, there yeah. are 47 episodes in the archive, so please. Yeah. And uh, if you like this podcast, listen to the episode with Justin on love. On love. Mm. And I don't remember what your word was. I don't remember either. Probably mother or something. Yeah, probably mummy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, three men without fathers being raised by mum. It finally happened. Thanks, guys. Thank you. That brings us to the end of the podcast. A big thank you to Alexi and Ben for joining me for this episode. I think both of them are going to come back for next week's episode that will be episode five so i look forward to having them along for the ride uh if you're enjoying the podcast can you please give us uh, a nice review or a nice big fat rating on uh, whichever platform you're listening to this podcast uh while i think of it there is new stuff on pdpedia you might want to go and check that out uh i've i've had a brief look at it now but i'll save my thoughts uh i'll i'll Put them in the intro for uh, the next episode. I've got the new Nine Inch Nails album. It's fantastic. If you're really enjoying the music from the show, uh, you should definitely pick that up. And uh, next week, Richard Feidler, uh, the great podcast journalist for the ABC, is joining me to talk about Chapter 4 of the graphic novel. That's the 
Dr. Manhattan on Mars episode. And funnily enough, I'm recording a lot of the chapters to the graphic novel all over the place. I'm, I'm approaching it like Dr. Manhattan. I'm seeing all of it all at once. And it was actually the first episode that I recorded. And uh, by the end of it, uh, two things. One is I was really excited about this podcast starting up. It felt like, oh, yeah, we have something here. I know it sounds weird. We were recording episode four first uh, or chapter four of the graphic novel first, but uh, it was kind of the way, you know, the timetable worked out. But at the end of it, I was like, oh, yeah, this feels good. It feels like something. It feels like it's going to... Uh, be a lot of fun for for the the people that like to listen to my kind of stuff. It's very me, I guess. So I felt very good about it, and I think you'll uh, really enjoy the episode for that reason. And also, I was exhausted at the end because Richard is super smart, and I had to really <laughs> had to really concentrate to keep up with the great man himself. So I uh, I hope you enjoy that episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. Once again, uh, I don't know where you are in the world when you're listening to this, but uh, thank you very much for taking the time to uh, hang out with uh, with me and hanging out with my friends as well. I hope you're enjoying the series as much as we are. Like, we're loving it. You, you can probably tell after after this podcast. It just kind of ended and we just couldn't stop talking. <laughs> so... Uh, yeah, it's been a it's been a really fun ride, and uh, we're, we're we're roughly at the halfway mark, so we're in the thick of it, and it's great, and I can't wait to see where it goes. Anyway, uh, thank you very much once again. It's a it's a real pleasure to have your company, and I guess this week when you head outside, just watch out for raining servants. <laughs> Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. 